Blog Talk Radio. Witches. My name is Raina Starr. I am your hostess. Desperate House Witches is not a G, PG, or even an R-rated show. So, if bad language, bodily functions, dirty talk of any type might upset you, this may not be the show for you, but I think it is. So, <laughs> welcome to the Merry Merry Month of Morrison. Dorothy Morrison is doing her mystery boxes this month. Check out her social media page. Check out www.wickedwitchstudios.com. And there are links that will take you there. So check it out. The mystery boxes are amazing. And Dorothy also has her website for all of your other witching needs. My guest needs no introduction. If you're a friend of the show, you know this man. We love him. We need him. He talks me down off every ledge. The amazing Talisman Govannon. Hey, Talisman. Hey, 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 how's it going out there in internet land? <laughs> Dude, stuff gets oh, yes. scary, but before we get into that, let's talk about you. What's happening with your writing? What is new? What's happening with me? Well, I am continuing to sell both the Sorceress and the Witch books one and two in the Sorceress. I've just cut the price of the first novel, The Sorceress, to 99 cents on Kindle, and that is its permanent price. So if you want to get into the Sorceress Saga, uh, it's only going to cost you a buck. And, of course, all these books are free to read on Kindle Unlimited. Uh, so go ahead. If you got a subscription to that, go ahead and look them up. I, the work on the Queen, book three in the saga, continues. However, uh, for the rest of this month, I'm going to be working on the uh, Book of Pagan Family uh, Holiday Stories. That's going to be coming out at the end of the year. I uh, get to work on the next part of the holiday cycle for that. The working title of this book is called The Wheel. And uh, I am working with some fantastic editors and just some really creative folks. So, uh, you know, that, that stuff's going on. I am also working on doing some short story submissions to some anthologies that are being published by several independent presses, just trying to get my stuff out there a little more. Um, and, you know, of course, AllisonG.com is where you go to find out what's going on. Uh, I'm putting up a series of short stories based in the Sorceress universe, the memoirs of Angelique Dupre, and those are going to be free to read on AllisonG.com. I also have my store up where you can get autographed hard copies of The Sorceress or The Witch. And if you order either one, you can get these uh, Sorceress Saga Swag Pack number one with two full-color reproductions of my favorite cover art in the world. And it's not just because it's on my books. I just love this stuff. The cover art for these books are awesome. Um, and, of course, uh, bookmarks for the Sorceress and the Witch featuring the same, uh, the same cover art. And all of that is for free if you get a signed copy. And you'll save money off of what it costs on Amazon. So it's a uh, win-win-win all around. I'm also uh, 
I'm also working on some stuff for next year. I originally had a publishing schedule for what was going to come out when I got kind of blown to hell last year by COVID and having to add another person to my household and uh, get my mom's house ready for sale, which actually we just, the sale went through this week. So that uh, is one thing on my list. And uh, so things, things are, things are, yes, thank you. Things are mixing up here. Uh, and also, uh, keep an eye out on Twitter. I've been on there a lot lately. There's a great crew out there. Come and hang out with the writers community because we like to talk about all the writing methodologies. And one more shout out to the Jazz House Readers Group on Facebook. I'll send Raina a link and she can put it on the Desperate House Witches page when you're done. I'm on there all the time. Sure. And it's for uh, Jazz House Publications is uh, who I am working with to do some publishing, and they have a great group uh, on Facebook where you can hang out with the authors that are working with their publishing house, ask us questions about our books or writing in general, or just uh, wait for me to post the funny reading memes like I do on there all the time. Uh, and it's a uh-huh. lot of fun, and uh, we have a great time in there. And, and, and we have a no-stress atmosphere in there. We are there to talk about writing and reading and all that fun stuff, so we can leave everything else at the door. And, you know, we always need that. Uh, of course, you know, the Irish always believe that in the face of adversity, you drink. I believe in the face of adversity, you smoke lots of weed and make lots of snarky comments. So I'm working on a short story so, right now that's like Dirk Gently meets H.P. Lovecraft. So it ought to be fun. <laughs> neat. Yes. Well, oh, and... I want to give a quick shout-out to anybody who might be in the uh, southern Ohio area, anywhere within range of Kings Island Amusement Park. I am going to be at Kings Island this weekend with my wife and my son. It is season pass holder weekend, so any other season pass holders, come on out. You're going to see me in a roller coaster T-shirt riding uh, the wooden roller coasters over and over again, uh, as well as Banshee and the 300-footer Orion. So, you never know. You might see your favorite uh, pagan pundit down there if you come to Kings Island tomorrow. So we're going we're gonna to be there all weekend. I'm a born-again roller coaster fan. I've been terrified of roller coasters all my life, um, and mm-hmm. it changed. And, you know, before we get into the craziness, I wanted to share a story with everybody about how COVID-19 helped me get over my fear of roller coasters. Um, the funny thing, the thing is, my son is a huge roller coaster fan. Anakin loves roller coasters. And you, if you mention a roller coaster name, he can tell you what park it's in, who designed it, when it was opened, literally just about any coaster, especially in the U.S., encyclopedic knowledge. And him and my wife have been going to Cedar Point and Kings Island and all places like that for years. Uh, they get a platinum wow. pass, gets them into all the Cedar Fair parks and I've always been the one. I used to go there and go and see all the shows with my daughter and ride bumper cars because I was just terrified of roller coasters. My limbic brain was like, you know, that's high up. That looks dangerous. You shouldn't do that. Um, But Uh a funny thing happened last year. Two things happened last year. Uh, One thing, Mm -hmm. I turned 50 in September. And, you know, even Uh though 50 isn't necessarily that old, you realize unless you're going to live to be 100, you've got more of your life behind you than you got ahead. And it does, you know, kind of change yep. your thinking about things like, you know, these things that you've always thought you might want to try to do, 
you start thinking, hmm, mm-hmm. maybe I should move to actually doing these things. Yep. You know, if I'm missing out. Just to tell you, I love uh, thrill rides that didn't have to do with height, like things like the Matterhorn uh, or the uh, Super Himalaya. These are these spinny rides that spin you around so fast, your car flies up on its side, but it doesn't go up in the air. So it never triggered my, my danger reflex or anything like that. Uh, or the Scrambler, right. all these like, things that move really fast near the ground. I love those. And my son kept telling me that, you know, you can get those kind of feelings on roller coasters, but even mm-hmm. more so. Um, and you know, so that starts getting me thinking. Uh, but then another funny thing happens, too, is that um, I am talking to somebody like around November when they were talking about the vaccines and the anti-vax bullshit was starting up already. And I just came out mm-hmm. and said, listen, you know, I am no virologist. I am no expert in immune systems. I have to trust the science. Uh, simply because, you know, the science is what's going to get us out of this mess. And I said that you can, you can right. trust science because it's very well, you know, science is designed to be very inorganic, to never jump to a conclusion, and to make sure you've got 10,000 pieces of information available before you start talking about your first piece of information. Uh, and so I'm just like, listen, guys, you just got to trust the science. And then a little, you know, I've got this little part of my brain that I call it the part that keeps me honest. Uh, it's my, it, my bullshit uh-huh. detector filters my own language, too. And I get this little voice, uh-huh. you know, this little nagging thought in the back of my head, which is like, you know, your son's explained to you a million ways from Tuesday how safe these roller coasters are. If you're going to trust the science, shouldn't you trust it there, too? And it's weird. It's like some flipped a switch in my head. And... I started looking at these roller coaster videos he's watching, these point of views and all that, and I stopped thinking, uh-huh. oh, my God, that's so high up. Instead, it's like, oh, my God, that looks like you're going to feel some really cool airtime or some really cool G-forces. I mean, I understood things like airtime where you feel like you're floating out of your seat. I rode a roller coaster called Jackrabbit at Kennywood. It's only like 40 feet tall, so it's really easy for a chicken like myself to get on it. But it has this double down uh-huh. that literally is one of the best airtime moments on a coaster in the world. You'll talk to people who've been all over the world. They'll tell you this one's great. And I love that part of the ride. And I just started looking uh-huh. at all these things different. And last month, um, in April, I went to Hershey Park with my wife and my son. I walked right in the front uh-huh. gates. And I got right on the uh, 210-foot uh, hyper coaster that's near the front gate. I just figured, fuck it. If I'm going to get over this, I'm going to dive in uh-huh. head first. I, get on a two, I oh, got boy. on two 200-foot roller coasters, my first two there. And by the end of the day, I was riding rides. I was keeping my eyes open. I wasn't afraid anymore. I was having a blast. Uh, we went to another place the next day, this little park in PA called Knobles that has one of the best roller coasters in the world called the Phoenix. Uh, and I was, uh-huh. I was fine. My fear is gone and we are going to Kings Island tomorrow. And I'm going to get on that 300 foot giga coaster right in the front fucking seat. And I'm just going to fly on that thing. It's like completely Damn. different world for me. And because I That's had awesome. to insist on trusting the science with COVID, now I can ride roller coasters and we're going to be taking off this summer. My son turns 18 in August so we are going to take off uh-huh. every weekend this summer and travel to a different park 
in the eastern U.S. and just go hit everything we want to hit this year. So uh, there's one big, one big, well, uh, one big ta-da before my son becomes an adult. And I got over my shit just well, in time to enjoy it. So. <laughs> well, make sure, let me know when you're hitting up Carowinds down here because I'll come and meet you. We are going to be doing a big trip down to Florida because I want to go and ride Hagrid's, uh, the, the Hagrid ride at Universal Studios. Uh, because uh-huh. you, get, you, get to, you get to get on a roller coaster car that's like you're on a motorcycle and you fly. It looks like the ultimate uh, good time. And we're going, to be, we're going to be going to Carowinds. You better believe we're going to Carowinds. We've we got to go ride uh, Fury 325 and all those other coasters. Uh-huh. So you better believe we're going to Carowinds. And we awesome. already have our Cedar Fair Pass, so we're, we're we already got our way paid into Carowinds. We'll definitely you can ride in the front seat with me. <laughs> oh hell no! I love you, but I'm a chicken. <laughs> I used to be. Oh my god! I used to look at these coasters and be like, uh, I call those an NFW ride. No fucking way. Um, but man, right. it's just yep. Yeah. But it's like yeah. I said, I just I worked my way through it. So uh, and it's it's. It's a lot of fun, and uh, we're going to be hitting. And of course, we get to go take my mom down to see her brother in Florida. She hasn't been to where he lives in like ten years, so we're all going to pile wow. into the suburban yeah. and pull the camper down there and hit camping grounds next to these parks all the way down to Florida and back, including a pit stop at Dollywood and Graceland on the way back home from my mom. So that's going to be a lot of fun. Nice. That's awesome. Yeah. So tell me something. How are you about yeah. air travel? I've never been on a plane, but I'm certainly afraid of it. I'm terrified of so, airplanes, so I'm going to have to go with Well, you. again, I trust the statistics, and the statistics tell me you're more likely to die on the car ride to the airport than you are in the plane. And I have to trust the statistics, So because that's a uh-huh. science in and of itself. And, you know, and one thing I, can... I gave to people, yeah, well, think about this. Think about something. Like okay. recently I saw a, an estimation that one scientist thought that the odds of getting uh, COVID off of touching another surface is like one in 10,000. It's not nearly as high as they thought it was. And people are like, and of okay. course, though, most people don't understand statistics in this country. That's one of our problems. And they hear one in 10,000, and they're like, well, oh, it's not one in a million? It's not one in a billion? Oh, no, that's way too much of of an odds. Imagine this. Imagine you've got a bit, your your dining room table, and you put 9,999 black dots on a big piece of paper on your dining room table. You make one dot that's red, okay? That's Mm -hmm. one in 10,000 right there. Now, if you were to take a single grain of salt, close your eyes, toss it up in the air in front of you, how likely do you think that it's going to land exactly on that one red dot? Not fucking lightly. That's what one in 10,000 means. So, you know, Mm -hmm. when you visualize it like that, you start to appreciate what these odds really mean. So, you know, when you've got like a one in a million chance of dying on an airplane, I'm good with that because I'm more likely to get hit by lightning when I, you know, go outside during a light rain. So, again, you know, you can just keep telling yourself this. And I, it wasn't instantaneous for me. I had my eyes closed on three-quarters of the first coaster I went on, half of the next coaster. Uh-huh. 
Uh, but by the time I hit coaster number four or five, I was keeping my eyes open the whole time because it's like, see, you got on the 200-foot monster. You got on this thing that uh-huh. I could see from two mi- from five miles away driving towards Hershey Park. I could see Candy Monium, uh-huh. which is their hyper coaster, 210 feet tall. I could see it from miles wow. away. That's really fucking tall. So after I rode that, if I felt hesitation on getting any other ride before that, I'm like, hey, you rode the big fucker and you're fine. Chill out. Well, yeah. if you ever have to, if you ever have to fly on a plane again. Just tell yourself, I survived the ride here out, because you're more likely to die during that. <laughs> yeah, it makes sense. I'm still scared shitless, but it makes sense. Right, <laughs> right. Oh, yeah. And, mm. and, and, and let me tell you, some of these lift pills are ridiculous. I mean, this one was literally like you were almost laying down. The one I didn't go on because the restraints were wonky and didn't fit me right was literally a roller coaster where the lift hill is straight up. You are lying on your back going up on this thing. Uh, And my son loves it. That's one of his favorite rides. It's called Fahrenheit at Hershey Park. Um, And uh, (laughs) and let me tell you something, folks. If you ever get a chance to go to Hershey, um, they ha- they are opening this chocolate store in the front of Hershey Park where you don't have to go into the park to go to this chocolate store, the Chocolatier. Go there because if you like chocolate at all, it's like it's you, you've died gone to heaven. It is Nirvana. It is everything you've ever wanted it to be. Every type of chocolate, every mixture. You can buy these milkshakes inside the park that are literal like literal. They look like they're a 64-ounce handmade milkshake. They cost 15 bucks, but, oh, my God, they're good. Uh, so, never, you know, never forget, you know, there's more reasons to go to a park. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> a theme park? There's more reasons to go to a theme park than just rides? Than just rides, because you go to Hershey, you can pig out. Uh, and let me tell you, if, you're, if anybody's ever in Central PA, it's about an hour north of the capital of Harrisburg. There's this little park called Knobles. Uh It's free admission. You buy tickets to go on the rides, uh, but they've got the best food. They've literally won awards nationwide out of amusement parks for their food. I had a, uh, wow. an order of onion rings. I had an order of onion rings, some of the best onion rings I've had in a decade. Uh, and, it's all, and, and all the food at these stands are all made by hand. There are no chains in Knobles. They're all their own homespun restaurant food stands. So the food is unbelievable. Uh, and the bumper cars are pretty cool, too. But anyway. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. well, Don't get around me on bumper cars, though, that. because I get, a, I get vicious on bumper cars. You might not want to get on bumper cars with me. My daughter and I do this thing where we try to, like, run into each other full speed, you know, after gaining as fast as we can on those things because we're just – stupid about those things but anyway <laughs> you're deadly you're deadly <laughs> oh yes oh yes that's hilarious all right but so hey, let's, 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 let's uh, talk politics let's get into this mess this mitch mcconnell streak of bullshit where he's crying about the fact that oh you know biden isn't bipartisan he doesn't want to do things uh, together. In the meantime, you catch Mitch all day long saying 
My job is to not let any of Biden's agenda pass. So much for right, bipartisanship, exactly. you liar. <laughs> I mean, really. Exactly. Well, but, you know, whenever you hear him talk like that and whenever he pisses you off, you just got to remember something. Moscow Mitch mm-hmm. has to deal with Donald Trump's Republican Party because it's Trump's mm-hmm. party now. They've declared. Uh, you know, they're moving mm-hmm. uh, to oust Liz Cheney before they're moving to do anything about Matt Gaetz. That tells you just yeah. how Trumpian that party is. And let me tell you something. The fact, you know, the fact of the matter is, is that in any other environment, I would be really worried about getting as much through as we can in two years because the Democrats would more than likely lose the House in the midterms if it were any other political era. But the Republican Party is too busy eating its own right now than to take any of the very – I mean, they have their, their, their lying machine and their smear machine – tuned to a very, very well-tuned machine. There are some uh, proposals being put out by the Biden administration that are way more progressive than most people ever expected out of the man. And uh, it should be fairly easy for McConnell to get the uh, Republican noise machine going. But right now the Republican noise machine is too busy trying to drum uh, Liz Cheney out of Congress for not being conservative enough. Let me repeat that. They're trying to get Dick Cheney's daughter out of her leadership mm-hmm. positions because she's not, quote, unquote, conservative enough for them. Dick Cheney's daughter, the woman who ran against gay marriage when her own sister got engaged, Liz Cheney. Mm-hmm. Think about this. Mm-hmm. And the fact is, is that all of the, you know, Fox is not the chief right-wing noise machine anymore. Uh, Trump doesn't think that Fox fought hard enough to help him overthrow the country. Uh, No matter how much Hannity and Tucker, or should I say fucker Carlson, uh, tried to help Mm -hmm. him, Fox News as a whole is still a corporate entity, and they've got corporate lawyers. And the corporate lawyers said, you're going to stop lying about Dominion voting machines right now because Dominion is not fucking around. They didn't do it soon enough. Fox is still getting sued for over a billion dollars, along with Rudy Giuliani and Lou Dobbs. Lou Dobbs didn't quit Fox fast enough, you can see that. Uh, and so Fox's uh-huh. lawyers are like putting a hard clamp down on repeating a lot of this shit during their news segments. And Fox and Friends has had a lawyer stationed backstage all the time, literally just afraid <laughs> that Trump's going to call in. And, uh, get them all in trouble again. So, the, you know, you notice that they have Trump on, but they're recording him and editing his shit because, again, the lawyers are ultimately in control there, which means that the real heart of the right-wing noise machine is still a, is, not, is now really at places like Breitbart and Daily Caller. The stuff that used to be the lunatic fringe is the mainstream in the Republican Party now. But, again, they are mm-hmm. way too busy trying to attack Liz Cheney uh, than to actually think about being able to go after Joe Biden. So Moscow Mitch is in a hell of a mess. And, again, you know, um, you know, there's a Senate seat opening up in Ohio, and Tim Ryan, one of the most formidable Democrats in the state, who also happens to be mm-hmm. my representative in the House of Representatives, I am in Tim Ryan's district, and this guy is great. He's, a, he's an old-fashioned blue-collar Democrat, 
uh, if we have him and Sherrod Brown, we are going to have the best one-two punch of pro-union Democrats in the country in our conference. Um, but the thing is, mm-hmm. is that he is going to be very formidable because Tim Ryan is going to be able to mobilize all of the unions. Uh, and in Toledo, that still means something. And he's going to be able to mobilize right. people in Cleveland, Youngstown at the yin-yang. Youngstown is his home seat, you know, and that's a pretty good uh, metropolitan area. He's going to be able to mobilize enough people in the cities that the rural votes are not going to be able to elect a Republican. Republicans are going to have to have somebody who appeals to the college-educated Republicans in the suburbs. These are the people who stayed home and how Joe Biden, uh, because, again, you know, just, you know, Philadelphia, Pittsburgh versus the rural Philadelphia and Pittsburgh, they needed the, the college education. You're breaking up, Jonathan. Uh, oh, breaking gonna, up. Um, hold on. Hold on. I'm going to have to move. The cat's on my lap. Um, hold on here okay. for a minute. Uh, let's see. All righty. Okay, you know what? I am stuck on Wi-Fi calling. I'm going to hang up and call back in in about two seconds. Very good. That's one more. All right. So Talison will be right back. Um, I'm very interested in the whole Rudy Giuliani uh, investigation. Want to get his take on that. Also want to get his take on the voter suppression laws. So I'm sure he's going to have a lot to say about those when he calls back in. Just a reminder for folks, tomorrow at 3 p.m. I am interviewing uh, the writers of Life Ritualized, Green Raven and Phoenix LaFay, or one of them. It's going to be great. Anyway, Talison is now back with us. Let's get yes, him back on the air. Yes, can you hear me better now? Yes, can I you can. hear me better now? Am I still, am I, am I still breaking yes. up there for you? Okay, no, you're doing good. Say, you're doing good. Oh, I'm doing good. Doing good. Okay. Yeah, and you know, I, you know, I've got to warn people if you've got Spectrum Mobile for your cell phone service, they did an update to their uh, stuff where you're automatically going on Wi-Fi calling unless you turn off your Wi-Fi, and Wi-Fi calling still sucks. Uh, so that's that's right. what happened there. I hung up, turned off my Wi-Fi on my phone. I'm calling on my regular, uh, regular cell network here. So what I was saying, I was talking about Ohio, and here's an example of a state yeah. of Republicans. They should be able to keep the Senate seat here. We have one fairly liberal guy in Sherrod Brown, and Ohio has split its congressional delegation most often over the last uh, 20, 30 years, one Republican, one Democrat. Um, well, now it's really looking like the, the Republican Party in Ohio is firmly in Trumpville. Uh, there's even... Uh, some rumors flying around about uh, people in the legislature. They're going to primary Mike DeWine or whatever to try to keep him from being able to get reelected because he's not conservative enough for them because he actually didn't want to murder people by telling them bullshit about COVID and that kind of thing. So I'm thinking it's really looking like the Ohio Republican Party is probably going to nominate a real Trump hole. I mean, we're talking like a hardcore like, you know, literally like, you know, so Trumpian that, that their bullshit is orange. I mean, just literally that Trumpian 
And Ohio has proven that even though Ohio has this bad habit of electing Republicans to statewide office, uh, there are limits. Mm -hmm. Uh, I remember about a decade ago, the Republicans tried to run a guy named Ken Blackwell, who was so whack job crazy, he made Alex Jones look common reason. Uh, And they they nominated him, and even, you know, and, and Ohio Republicans were like, really, him? We can't even go that far, man. And a Democrat was actually governor of the state for four years. Uh, so there is a limit yeah. here. And there's a lot of, like I said, the rural areas have kind of been dwindling in, in, occup- in occupancy in uh, Ohio. Uh, there's been some flight out of the cities towards more rural areas, but these people are bringing very liberal politics with them. Uh, if the Republicans can't keep the college-educated Republicans, the very people who have been fleeing the party since January 6th, they're not going to keep that seat in Ohio. Uh, so we're really seriously looking at a situation where the Republican Party is so busy trying to please Trump, they're going to make themselves practically unelectable in races that should be gimmicks, like the upcoming one in Ohio. So, you know, so whenever Moscow Mitch pisses you off, just remember, it's like what I used to say when I get so uh, when I get so uh, pissed off at any other Republican uh, leader, majority leader, minority mm-hmm. leader, speaker, or whatever, whenever they piss me off, I'm like, you guys have got to be in a party with Ted Cruz, and that immediately makes <laughs> me feel better knowing that they're suffering just as much as if not more than I am. So, uh, wow. I, <laughs> Oh, I wanted to yeah, ask that's... you about the voter, supp- the voter suppression laws that are being passed everywhere. Oh, yeah. See, that's, that's another thing, too, is, again, there was a point where uh, Republican legislatures were in retreat because the one thing that they're forgetting is that a lot of areas, like Georgia has been really, you know, rebounding economically, but a lot of that is from corporate spending and corporate investment. And the corporations mm-hmm. are already telling them that, you know, you keep this law, we are leaving. We are not bringing our business to Georgia anymore. We are not going to bring our business to Texas. And they're serious because, again, they understand way more than the Republicans do exactly what wind, the way the winds are blowing in this country. And these corporations have a much better grasp on their business plan for the next five, ten years, way more than any Republican politician has uh, any plans at all. Most Republican politicians aren't even thinking to the next election anymore. They're worried about the next primary, and they're worried about getting primaried out of their seats, so they're bending over backwards to kiss Trump's ass. But these corporations know that as the older generations die off, the younger generations are more liberal less tolerant of overt racism and sexism and transphobia and homophobia, less tolerant of all of that cornucopia of bullshit than the, than the generations before them. And any corporation uh-huh. that wants to maintain their customer base over the next decade knows that they cannot be seen even tacitly supporting such severe voter suppression efforts. Uh, and yet uh-huh. it's in this lock. There is this lock going on, the horns are locked between the corporate ring and the Trumpian wing. And people would think that the corporate ring would be Trumpian because of all the tax breaks that he gave them, but he's out of power now, and he's never getting into power again. 
So the thing, the corporations know that they can't keep betting on him. Lindsey Graham thinks that Donald Trump is how they're going to grow the party. Lindsey Graham, Donald Trump is going to be the way that they lose their donor base. The Koch brothers have already said that they're going to stop giving to, to Republicans until they uh, end Trumpism in their party. Uh, so, you know, when the, again, wow. you know, the, the talking heads on TV are talking about the next election like it's going to be a normal election. But let me tell you something. Uh, in the next election, I'm predicting, I mean, Joe Biden out-fundraised out uh, the Republicans two to one in the last year. I think the next round of midterms, the Democrats are going to be able to out-fundraise the Republicans four to one. Pretty fucking easy. Uh, especially when you've got people like, I think Liz Cheney is going to leave the Republican Party. I don't think she's going to be a Democrat. I think she's going to be an independent. Uh, but she can be dependent on uh, procedural votes or, say, voting security laws and that kind of thing. Um, I really mm-hmm. think that the I'm predicting that if things keep going on their current trajectory, I think the Democrats are going to gain seats in the House and in the Senate, and they're probably going to gain a few governorships as well because the, the governors that are getting in the way of the COVID relief are starting to see their numbers go down because people are starting mm. to see – Saying that, oh, yeah, because, again, it's the college-educated Republicans, the ones who may not, who, who, are only, who are tolerant of racism as long as it makes them money. It's the old corporate heads, the, the money at any cost people. And they're seeing that the current mm-hmm. party is very, very bad for business. Uh, and they are just not going to be turning out, and they're not going to be donating. Whereas Democrats are going to be able to pull on a small donor network that uh, – Believe me, every Republican fundraiser wishes that they had access to the kind of small donor network that the Democrats have, especially since Bernie Sanders is now working with Joe Biden. So that's another happy point. They're, they're working together to expand Obamacare. So uh, right there, boom. I mean, again, how fucking weird are things? We've got, you know, the you know Joe Biden as establishment as you get. Joe Biden has been in the Senate. Longer than some of the people in Congress have been alive. Think about that. Uh, he's been in government longer than these people have been alive, and yet he's working with Bernie, and, uh, and Bernie seems to be really enjoying himself because they get to both team up to beat up on the Republicans. And with the Republicans punching themselves repeatedly, it's, it's even more fun. So, uh, again, you know, up is down, black is white, dogs, you know, uh, you know, sheep and lions living together, dogs and cats, it's chaos. But it can be chaos in a fun way because, for once, the party eating itself isn't the Democrats. Imagine that. Well, yeah, and, you know, our ability to snatch defeat from the jaws of victory is legendary. But it seems like the old nonsense that kept winning Republicans uh, you know, in the catbird seat, seems to be changing. I think people are seeing results from Biden, and I think, you know, he's definitely in the black as far as, you know, his approval rating. He's not under 50%, which is great. Right. And, you know, a lot of Republicans are, are saying, good job on this. Why is there such a disconnect um, between those approval ratings and, and him getting negative ratings 
for his handling of immigration? Well, because uh, the the thing is, is that uh, the immigration thing is just being very, very poorly handled by a lot of areas. The Democratic message machine really needs to get back on that. They've been really focusing on uh, the pandemic and the economy, which is what Joe said he was running on. Uh, the thing is, is that there's so many lies being spread around, and I think it really comes down to us, the activists. We have to be the ones correcting the lies for now. We got to keep bugging our friends in the Republican and in, in the Democratic answer machine type thing that the party has. We got to bug them to get their act together. But the fact of the matter is, is that you know. Uh, yeah, it's like when uh, when when individual unaccompanied children show up at the border, we take them to an immigration center. But what people aren't reporting is that 80% of the children who have been being held by the United States government have at least been placed in individual homes. They're not being kept in cages. They're not being kept with tinfoil blankets anymore. They're being put into temporary uh, guardianship homes where they have a bed and three squares a day, and even get to go to school while the government is trying to find their parents to reunite them. Uh, that's the story that's not being told. Or the fact that, they, you know, they, people talk about crisis on the border. Well, guess what? We've had a crisis at our border for a decade because of backwards fucking foreign policy that has torn up Central America up and down, and uh, I mean, I mean, we fucked them over so bad with our war on drugs that uh, it's really it's gotten bad. And really, we have to take these people in because the reason that they're no longer safe in their own countries is because our prohibition policies have made the drug gangs that want to enslave and murder them entirely too possible to stay and fight. So they're coming here because they got nowhere else to go. And so I think what we mm-hmm. need to do is we need to start shifting the focus of saying, yeah, there's a bunch of people on the border because we fucked up their countries. We've got to go and fix what we fucked up in their countries, and then they're not going to want to come here anymore. Uh, it's real fucking simple, folks. And let me tell you something. Now that uh, Trump is no longer in office there to rubber stamp anything that the uh, Mexican president wants to do, Mexico is going to move forward with what uh, some are calling their nuclear option in the drug war. Mexico is going to legalize all drugs, all of them, because that that is the only way that they can break the back of the drug cartels that have grown wealthy off of America's drug war. So uh, Uh they're going to – and, you know, Portugal did this over a decade ago, folks. Portugal – legalized all drugs. And, when, and before anybody out there asks a question, yes, even that one. Whatever drug you're thinking of, yes. cocaine, heroin, yes. uh, anything like that, they legalized all of it. Now, if you get caught with more than what could be considered a reasonable, like, four- or five-day supply of any drug, then they're going to uh, find you a space in a rehab center and suggest you go there. Uh, not for things like weed and all that, but for the really hard stuff. But since they've shifted yes. their emphasis from interdiction to treatment, they have some of the lowest drug crime rates in the developed world. And and the amount right. of addiction has spiraled as well because addicts no longer have to worry about being arrested for having an illegal substance. They can just go get help. So Mexico is looking at that, and they're looking at the way that their country is being destroyed by these drug gangs, 
and they're just going to pull the trigger on it. They're going to legalize all drugs, which is going to make it impossible to keep a lot of this shit from coming across our borders. We have to completely rethink the way we approach narcotics in this country. Uh, now, the country is finally getting along with the idea of legalizing cannabis because that's the, that's the fun, harmless, you know, beer drunk out of the uh, drug world. Uh, it's not the really hard mm-hmm. stuff. Uh, but we really have to, you know, I, I, you know, and the thing is, though, is when people start saying there's a crisis at the border, once you land on them saying, yeah, we fucked up their country so badly, we got to fix this, and we got to redo the drug war, most of these people are not going to want to keep arguing it with you because that's just way too much for most people to chew on. They can't imagine that kind of a seismic shift in our culture. But let me tell you something, folks. The Biden-Harris years are going to be some of the most consequential years in our nation and in our culture that we have seen in a century. This is going to be the biggest seismic shift in our culture since the end of World War II. So, you know, uh, just remember, though, we got a good, kind, compassionate individual in the White House. Uh, I'm sure everybody out there has heard that Joe is releasing the patents on the COVID vaccines. So countries like India yes. that are having such a hard time right now can start manufacturing them themselves. The drug companies aren't happy, but Joe's like, it doesn't matter. People are dying. So, and that's the most compassionate right. thing that we could have done. And so you've you got to know that, you know, when Joe is trying to figure out a solution to something, he's going to be thinking, what's going to save the most jobs? What's going to save the most lives? What's going to make people, the quality of their life improve? And that seems to be what he's willing to go with. I mean, the, the, the speech he gave to Congress, let me tell you something. I mean, that's the most progressive speech that I've ever heard in my life delivered in Congress. I mean, it's mm-hmm. like the agenda on that. It's, you know, it's like you, Democrats, you know, I know that the Republicans are really annoying, but let me tell you something. They're yeah. going to drive somebody out of, their, out of their conference on the Senate side. Once, once the numbers start coming in from the polling, especially these people who are going to be primary, and you know there are going to be Republicans in the Senate who are primary from their rights, uh, and these, and you're going to get one or two of them who are going to try to switch parties. Now, you know what? When it comes to places like Alaska or Montana or anything, if a Republican wants to switch parties, fucking let them. We're never going to get anybody really liberal out of those states anyway. But the thing is, I know that I know. I've heard some stuff from some people, but my gut is also telling me that the one question that Chuck Schumer is going to have for these people before he lets them into his conference is will you help me get rid of the filibuster? And all he needs is one and Joe Manchin becomes irrelevant. And that's the last thing Joe Manchin wants. Now, this is what I think is going to happen on the filibuster. I think they're going to reach a compromise with Joe Manchin where they're going to get rid of the filibuster except for the talking filibuster. The one you saw in Mr. Smith Goes to Washington and all those old movies where you've got to talk and constantly. And they can't stop you from talking, but if you fall asleep, guess what? You're done. Uh, and Republicans don't have the, the stamina to actually do talking filibusters for every bill. So that means we're going to be able to get a lot of shit through on a straight down 51 to 50 vote with Vice President Harris doing things like helping us raise the minimum wage to $15 an hour, decriminalizing cannabis on a nationwide scale, and all of that, all the stuff that's on the agenda. And let me tell you, the first time one of those uh, 
endangered Republican senators start sniffing around about switching parties, that's when Manchin's going to say, oh, hey, guys, let's get rid of everything but the talking filibuster, and then we'll be on our way, and we'll have the most consequential mm-hmm. year of legislation uh, in 2022 that we've seen since uh, 1949. So, I hope you're right. I really need that to be true because I am so... I'm tired of being tired, and I talk about the fight, the fact that we can't let up and that we have to stay vigilant, even though Joe's president. It's not right. necessarily, it's not a cure-all forever. We can breathe a little bit now, but obviously the voter suppression laws are, are still intimidating to individuals uh, when they hear about it, and I, I can't blame people for being nervous. But we've we've got to just remember that we can't give up. We have to, you know, democracy is a hard thing to keep. We've almost lost it a couple right. of times already. Yeah, like, what do you have so a republic if you strong. can? It's like what do you have a republic if you can keep it? Uh, but also, folks out there, though, the thing I want to get across to people is that the wind is at our back now. We're not fighting against the wind right now. We're not fighting against a corrupt justice department. Uh, and a corrupt executive branch. Uh, We've got the wind at our back right now because, again, uh, over 300,000 people have left the Republican Party since January 6th. And these are people that the Republicans, the Republicans can't afford to lose anyone in their coalition. It is so fragile put together. And the fact that they've done everything they can to make sure that they're not going to get black or Latino votes for a couple of generations really makes it that they can't afford to lose anybody and they've lost at least 300,000. I haven't seen the latest numbers over the last month. Uh, but, you know, the, the realization, folks, is that we've got to keep fighting. We've got to keep moving forward. The wind at our backs now. So let's keep fighting, but don't forget to have some fun at it. I mean, go ahead and dial up John Boehner's book whenever he talks about Ted Cruz. Trust me, it'll be the best laugh you've had all day. <laughs> Right? Oh, my God. I'll bet that's amazing. So does oh, he totally distance himself from Trump? What is that, what oh my is that God. like? Bader is just, I mean, literally, at one point, uh, he talks about, you know, he ends a chapter by saying, oh, and P.S., Ted Cruz, go fuck yourself. And he reads his own oh, book on the audiobook. Yes. So... I mean, Bader is just vicious. To, he hates Cruz with a passion. He hates Trump. And so, again, you know, I, you know, there's a lot about John Boehner not to like. But the fact that when he quit his job as uh, Speaker of the House and resigned his seat in the House of Representatives, uh, and he did it by walking out in front of the reporters while singing Zippy Doodah. That's his opening to his resignation and his retirement singing zippity-doo-dah, I'm getting the fuck out of here. Uh, it's just hilarious. And, again, you, you can find bits of this book on YouTube already. Definitely give it a listen. Whenever he talks about Trump or Ted Cruz, it's just the funniest thing you're going to hear out of a politician's mouth, probably for a while, because, you know, we're not always going to have Barack doing the uh, correspondence dinners. Uh, he, he was a rare one, but John Boehner ripping on Ted Cruz comes close. Right. Oh, my God. It must be hilarious. Oh, trust me. Trust me. And also check out uh, the John Boehner interview that Stephen Colbert did with him. 
trust me, he just he just lets loose. <laughs> he doesn't curse, but he lets oh, loose. Oh wow. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, oh yeah. I'm I I there's just you know Ted Cruz to me is one of the smarmiest people that ever existed. When your own kids don't like you, you know you got problems. And I oh just, I know. Ugh, just the idea of him being at Mar-a-Lago sucking Trump dick over dinner yeah. is so annoying. Right, exactly. Uh, oh, my God, yes. Oh, yeah, and then all going down there on bended knee, it's just hilarious because, again, uh, you know, there there are a lot of forces at play here. There's a lot of forces all over the country. And also don't forget, yeah, they passed that law in Georgia, but I can bet you dollars to donuts that before the weekend is out, the ACLU is going to be in court uh, prosecuting them for things, you know, suing them for things like the water ban and that kind of stuff. Uh, they're going to be tied up in court for years on that. And again, so, and also, this is one area where we've got corporate America on our side. I and mean, there's a lot of ways in which corporations really need to be brought to heel. But when it comes to things like uh, working anti-racism and especially the anti-homophobia and that kind of stuff, they know that it's bad business to be associated with outright Nazis and homophobic uh, whack jobs. So, again, we've got the wind in our backs, folks. Keep fighting. Keep the attention going. But don't get grim about it. We are having ten times more fun than any Republican is having right now. I mean, literally, just the fact that we can go an entire day without thinking about who's president means that we are having way more fun than just about any Republican strategist. So, you know, keep the fight up. Don't let it grind you down, folks. We've got a lot of things that we can enjoy. And, again, we're not fighting the corrupt Justice Department anymore. And we just, and here we go, federal civil rights charges have been just filed against four ex-police officers in the death of George Floyd. So. This is, this is what having Merrick Garland as Attorney General brings us. Uh, you know, even when the justice system lets us down, we have, the, we have the executive branch that can come in and try to set things right. I mean, don't forget that the guys who beat up Rodney King and skated on that charge wound up having to uh, face repercussions because they were convicted of federal civil rights charges. Uh, and believe me, you know, every time these body cam, every time these cell phone videos are coming out showing corrupt police abusing and murdering people, uh, even when the local DA doesn't want to prosecute, don't forget the FBI is right behind them saying, oh, you don't want to? Then let us and the Justice Department and all uh-huh. that. So we got, the wind, we got the wind at our back, folks. Let's keep fighting, but let's have some fun with it. Oh, that's so much better. Thank you. Because I was starting to get really sad because I keep hearing all of these terrible things and it's like everybody's starting to get a little negative again and I just needed something to say, don't be upset. It's going to be okay. This is why you are in my life 
all the time because if I don't have a towel, everyone, you need to get your own towels in. Here's the problem. When you're like me and you're constantly nervous because you don't trust the fucking thing you're hearing, you need your own pundit to calm your ass down, bring you back to center so you can start living again. Talzin, we are low on time. Please remind folks about your writing and where they can find you. Yes, well, again, talisong.com, T-A-L-I-E-S-I-N-G, Tally Sing, but anyway, and I do sing, but no, it's talisong.com. Uh, you can get, the, you can have links to order the ebook for the witch or the sorceress or even my uh, Wiccan romance, uh, romance novel, Imperfect Love. Um, I'm having to find a new place to order copies of Dark of Moon. I have about 10 copies here. If anybody wants one, uh, send me an email to the website. I've got email addresses for both uh, people who are just general uh, interested in my stuff or if there's any business types out there that want to stock some books or talk about me doing a, a free workshop, video workshop for your folks, uh, go ahead and contact me through the contact area of my website. You can get all my stuff on there. Uh, coming up very soon, I'm going to have some really cool new merch coming out, including uh, the Witch coffee mug. Everybody loves the logo nice. for the Witch. So I'm going to start putting that on yes. some more stuff. Um, and uh, cool. also... Come and hang on out on me on Twitter, uh, Talison underscore G. That's my handle on Twitter. We have a lot of fun, and I, and you usually wind up finding what's going on with my writing there because I'll be like, holy shit, I just wrote four thousand words, and now I can't focus my eyes anymore. That'll be in a tweet. So <laughs> definitely <laughs> check, check it out there. And also, folks, if I can ask a real thing here, I need reviews on The Witch. I haven't gotten any reviews posted on Goodreads or Amazon yet. So if anybody out there gets the book and posts a review, I'm going to send you the uh, swag pack with the full-color reproductions of the covers and the bookmarks for free. Just PM me with a mailing address uh, when your review goes up, and I'll send it out to you, uh, you know, and that's the way I can sign your ebook. You know, you can't sign an ebook, but I can sign the cover and send it to you. Uh, and just go to thousandg.com yep. for more. That's awesome. Did we miss anything? Not terribly. Although, let me tell you something. In the next year, I'm going to be putting out three full-length sorceress novels, probably six mini uh, Trevor Hawkins books. Uh, and possibly, and, and as well as the Pagan Family Holiday Storybook. So uh, if you like my writing, I'm not going to make you wait too long. <laughs> Talison, on that note, I am going to let you go for the night. I appreciate you. I thank you so all much right. for always coming every month and talking me down. I love you. You've been a real brother this last decade to me, and, and I just appreciate you so much. Thank you. Well, thank you, and I am going to talk to you next month, and at some point, it could be June, I may be calling you to say, come meet me at Carowinds, so it may be June right or on. early July. So, uh, yeah, so I will right say on. goodbye to all you out there in Internet land. I will see you next month, same bad time, same bad channel. All right. All right, everybody, we're going to wrap it right there. I will be back tomorrow. 
uh, discussing Life Ritualized at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon uh, West Coast time. So have a wonderful night. Talk to you all tomorrow. Blessings all. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.